Simply Put, a podcast that has been brought to life with you in mind. Whether you consider yourself an all-in Christian or have never been introduced to the freedom found in God, this podcast is for you. While the Bible might seem complicated, God's message is rather simple. Every week, you can expect Brit to take God's Word and break it down into something we can all better understand. Now here's your host, Brit. Hello, hello. I am so glad you're here. Really excited. This is the first episode, actually, of Simply Put, specifically looking into biblical stories. And I could not be more pumped to bring you God's Word today and really excited for how he is going to use this podcast to transform lives. So we are just going to take a two-feet jump-in approach to God's Word today. And over the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at two stories that take place in tandem. So starting in Luke chapter 1. And the two stories we're going to look at are first Elizabeth and Zechariah, who are the parents of John the Baptist, and then Mary and Joseph, who are obviously the parents of Jesus. So John the Baptist and Jesus were born about six months apart, but the thing they share in common is these two men specifically were really birthed through the Holy Spirit. And obviously Elizabeth and Zachariah had to put in the work and Mary didn't, but because Elizabeth was so old and so barren, this child, John the Baptist, was truly a gift from the Holy Spirit. So the story starts out with Zechariah on mission. And while he's on mission, an angel of God visits him. Now we first see this angel of God appear at the right side of the altar of incense. And when he appears to Zechariah, Zechariah is a little bit freaked out. Luke one twelve says, When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. The angel of God goes on to tell Zechariah how great John's legacy will really be. And Zechariah responds like most of us probably would if you were visited by an angel at an altar out in the middle of nowhere randomly. He says, uh, with all due respect, angel of God, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. AKA, are you sure about that? Because I'm a little bit old, she's a little bit dusty, and I'm not too sure that's possible. Pause here. If an angel of God visits you, maybe don't doubt him. Just like Go with it and believe that the miraculous is going to happen because here we see the angel respond and he discloses his name. He says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Ooh, (laughs) I'm Zachariah, I'm probably like, oh boy, that, uh, this is going to be bad. So immediately Zachariah is silenced and it's easy to read this and say, yeah, well, he doubted God, but I think it's so powerful that his words were blocked because if you think about it, God spoke the whole world into existence. So if there is one thing 
God knows better than anything, it is the power of words. God knows that what you speak out loud really can happen. I mean, think about it. Genesis 1-3, and God said, let there be light. Genesis 1-6, and God said, let there be expansion. Genesis 1-9, and God said, let the water under the sky be gathered in one place and let dry ground appear. Genesis 1-14, and God said, let there be light in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. Genesis 1-20, and God said, let the water team with the living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the creatures. Do you guys see that? Everything God said, then God created, which tells us that our words not only have the power to speak something into existence, but they have the power to create something that's new. A couple weeks ago, I went to this University of Bridgeport Awaken event, and my friend August said something so profound. She said, you know, the greatest nation in our world is in Africa, and it's not the United States, and it's not Europe, and it's not Asia. The greatest nation is our imagination because in our imagination is where God resides. What you think, you speak. And when you speak, something is created. That's why over and over in Genesis, we see God said, God created. God said, God created. See your words that you say have the power to create. All right, let's get back to the story. So Zechariah is now silenced and he walks out of the temple and he can't speak. And so people recognize that God has given him a vision and he's trying to now tell them with his hands what happened in the temple. And this is like so many of us, I'm guilty, like let me just raise my hand. God gives you a vision and he's pretty clear that you're not supposed to tell anybody. And what you do is you like beat around the bush. You're like, well, I just, I can't tell you but it's going to be great, and it does this, and it does this. And I just feel like God's probably up there like, didn't I just tell them not to tell anybody? You guys, I'm like so guilty of this. I feel really even guilty saying this. Convicted. I'm convicted. Um, Because that is so true. We just tried to disclose without disclosing a dream God has given us. And the problem is in this, We think we're still being obedient to what God asked us to do, but we're not. See, because when God asks you to keep something close to your heart, it's not because he doesn't love you and it's not because he doesn't want you to have the approval of others. It's because he knows when you open up those dreams, when you open up those visions, before he gives you that green light, you become vulnerable, you become quick to compare. I mean, there are so many traps we fall into when we start talking about a dream or a vision that God has given us without allowing the whole dream to be birthed inside of you. And that is exactly why I believe God chose to silence Zachariah. It's because he knew that if Zachariah spoke this to anybody, that it would make Elizabeth extremely vulnerable and open to doubt, fear, and judgment. One of the greatest examples I believe we see in the Bible about this idea of treasuring just a dream that is being birthed in you is in Luke chapter 2, 19, where it says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. See, there are some things you need to stop putting on Facebook and start bringing them straight to the Father. 
All right, so we have got to get back to God's word. So Zachariah comes back from the mission field, and if I had to guess, he's probably singing, my mind's telling me no, but my body. All right, so anyways, so him and Elizabeth get uh, physical at some point, and she becomes pregnant. And so for five months, both of them remained in seclusion, and we see that in Luke 1, 24. The Bible doesn't go into why they remained in seclusion for five months, but if I had to guess, it goes along with that same idea of protecting what God has birthed in you. And so by Elizabeth remaining in seclusion, what she ultimately did was she kept this miracle between her and God. And, you know, I don't know if by seclusion, they meant isolation. I don't think Elizabeth was isolated, but I do believe she was secluded, which means she was probably extremely choosy about who got to walk through this miracle with her and what she allowed her spirit to be open and vulnerable to towards other people. But those are just my thoughts. If you research that, you'll see a thousand different responses. So no telling why Elizabeth remained in seclusion, but let's keep going. So Elizabeth is six months pregnant when the angel of Gabriel then goes to Mary and tells her that she will also receive a baby through the Holy Spirit. And you guys have to laugh at just everything that happens next. So Gabriel visits her and he says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And it says Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered, What kind of greeting is this? But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary as a 13-year-old, asks a question that I think many of us, regardless of our age, would ask. She says, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And what he says next, I think, is proof that God doesn't want us walking alone. See, Gabriel says in verse 36, Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. See, what happens when God births something great in you is he will give you people that although they might not be the same age and although they might not be the same demographic, they too carry that dream deep within. And the thing is, you don't have to go find these people. You don't have to run around telling everybody about the dream God has given you and you've got to find this person to do life with. No, you don't have to do that. All you have to do is seek God and remain aware of the people he puts in your path because I promise when you do that, you will encounter the exact people you need to carry out a dream or a vision that has been birthed inside of you. So when Mary receives this news, she immediately takes off to Elizabeth and Zachariah's house in Judea to confirm what the angel said. And it says, Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting. The baby leaped in her womb 
And then Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I had to break this down a couple times. So to just walk through this, Mary goes to Elizabeth. John the Baptist jumps in Elizabeth's womb. Elizabeth is then filled with the Holy Spirit, which validates in Mary that she was carrying the Son of God. And we know this because Elizabeth says in verse 42, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is this child you will bear. Why am I so favored that the mother of the Lord should come to me? But at this point in time, Mary hasn't even told Elizabeth about what the angel of Gabriel told her. And I know what I'm about to say next is so countercultural because we look for validation in so many things, whether that be friendships or social media or our jobs. But here's what you need to understand is that when a dream or a vision has been placed inside of you, God will confirm that, whether that be through his word, through your friendships, through people you encounter. Because what God knows is a dream or a vision will be revealed before it's released. All right, fast forward. So John the Baptist is born. And when the officials come to circumcise him, they go, great, so uh, we're going to name him Zachariah, right? And Elizabeth stops him and is like, no, his name is John. And the people circumcising John the Baptist look at Zachariah for approval. They're like, um, so you know how this goes. We're supposed to name this guy after you. There isn't anyone in your relatives who have the name John. Uh, Zachariah, are you okay with this? And in Luke 1 verse 63, it says, he asked for a writing tablet And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak, praising God. When I read that, I couldn't help but wonder, what was going through Zachariah's head throughout the whole nine months that he couldn't speak? Was his faith transformed? Did he really begin to believe that God can do the impossible? Because here's what I know is God wants to do something greater than a Facebook update. God wants to use you to bring forth his message and live out things that people believe can't be done. Don't waste your dream or vision on instant gratification and approval for others. Take the time to put in the work behind the scenes. Take the time to get silent. Take the time to hold that dream and that vision close to your heart, and keep it intimate with you and God. I know it sounds crazy, but one thing I'm confident in is that this type of intimacy with God is where His greatest miracles come alive. That's a wrap today. But one thing I want to make sure we do is I always want to close this out in prayer. So if you have never met Jesus before, I just want you to know you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for next week. You don't have to wait for someone else to ask. Consider this your personal invitation to invite him into your heart and to let him start to move in your life. So dear God, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word today. Lord, I pray that these words would specifically fall fresh on our spirits. God, that we would know you vindicate us. You go before us. You lead on our behalf. You put people in certain places to get us exactly where we're supposed to be, Lord. And you hold everything 
in your hands. Lord, I pray that whoever's listening to this, wherever they are, whatever they're doing, that they would know they have been past tense, loved, claimed, redeemed, saved, that there is nothing they can do to earn your love. You give it to us freely. God, we love you. I just pray a special blessing over the listener on the other end of this. God, that they could just rest in you. Lord, we are excited. We are expectant that you are going to move in a mighty way. And yeah, amen. Just amen. So thanks for hanging out with me today, guys. I just really hope you've enjoyed this. If you have, like, comment, subscribe. I think that's I think that's what you do. Otherwise, just come hang out with us next week. Look forward to seeing you guys. Have a great week. Bye, guys. <laughs>